Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast scheduled for one fall with a 60 minute time limit is yet another episode of the one fall show. My name is Chuck Bean. I am your host joined as always by my referee timekeeper and one of my very closest friends, Miss Erica Bennis. Chuck, it's great to be here. What a weird and delightful week of wrestling it has been. I can't wait to dive right in. I agree. It has been a very uh, weird and delightful are the two best ways to describe this week of wrestling. Of course, it has been a very, uh, as Dusty Rhodes would say, hard times for a lot of people in the world today outside of wrestling. And uh, I want to say right here at the top of the show, we are here today to entertain you and uh, we can hopefully give you a little bit of an escape for an hour and talk about the weird and wonderful world of wrestling that we got this week. As always, we're joined by our panelists, starting off with uh, Shawnee Constant, longtime One Fall Show ho- co-host. How are you doing, sir? Coming off of a very, very disappointing loss last week. I did not perform well, and I apologize to the people. I am hoping that you've done your uh, mental uh, mental workout this week in the in the hopes that you can score a little bit better. We're also joined by Mr. Justin Valentine. A uh, are you a one or a two time champion, Justin? I can't remember. I don't have the record book in front of me. That would be one. It should have been two. A comeback last week, but I think we got the game figured out this week for it to be a little bit more legitimate, and we'll make things happen this week. That is a good point, Justin. This week, we are foregoing our final fall being worth points that you can wager and making it a full 10 points if you can get that final question. So that can probably swing the game in absolutely any direction. We are also joined by our two-time champion as of last week. Three-time champion as of last week, Mr. Nate Bender. That is right. Three-time, one-fall show champion, make way great you are in the presence of greatness so thank you for having me once again i'm here to of course dominate the game even though you're changing the rules again i don't understand this why every time when i have a victory you guys got to go and change the rules your victories tend to point out the holes in our rules which uh, we want to make sure the game is what fair hole? and what what i wait what hole i played exactly as the rules stated you said wager the points. I wagered the points, and I won. Look, a sleeper wasn't always uh, something that you had to look out for a chokehold for, but eventually they did discover that you definitely wanted to make sure that that uh, that arm was above the chin and not below the chin. And I'm, I think we're going in the same direction here with the one fall show. So what? I am confident, Nate, that you will in fact be a four time champion. Maybe this week, maybe not. The only way to find out That's is right. to start this week's one fall show. So each round this week. Consisting of three questions. The question is worth one point, two point, and three points, respectively. Correct answers will net a player full points. However, if you do not know an answer, giving an answer that is highly entertaining could net you a point anyways. Uh, you'll, you'll be given the count of five to answer a question, and then we'll have a little bit of a discussion around each particular topic. Starting with last week's champ, Nate Bender. That's right. Here we go. Are you ready, Nate? That's right. I am ready. All right. As always, we've got our three uh, categories, which is Smacked Raw, the SmackDown and Raw category for WWE, the Wednesday Night War, the war between NXT and AEW, and then stuff from around the ring, all the other different wrestling stories that have come out this week. Where would you like to start? You know, I think we've started every episode with either Smacked Raw or the Wednesday Night War. So let's start with Around the Ring this week. I like it. I like it. All right, Nate. Uh, our first question worth one point. Which WWE figure told TMZ Sports this week that they would love to have Ronda Rousey return to the company? Uh, I legitimately didn't see this. So I'm going to say Nia Jax so she can slap the taste out of her mouth. That is, uh, that is a strong, strong guess. It is not the correct answer. But a very strong guess. I will leave it to uh, to Erica to decide if that is worth a point. I'm not going to award any points, and let me tell you why. You are considering Nia Jax worthy of attention from TMZ Sports. So, no. Fair enough. We'll move on to uh, Mr. Shawnee Constant. After a poor showing uh, last game, you've got an opportunity to take the game right from the sh- uh, beginning, Shawnee. Which WWE figure told TMZ that they'd love to have Ronda Rousey return to the WWE? I have no idea, Chuck, but I have a question for you. Do you think sure. that Seth Rollins or Elias look more like Grover from Sesame Street? Hmm. 
That is a fantastic question. We will. Elias. Uh, we will post... For sure. Who is that? Elias. For sure. Elias. Okay. What about I, you, Justin? I'm leaning Elias. And uh, Erica? I third that. Definitely some uh, Grover cosplay potential. Yeah, I think we're we're all in agreement here at the One Fall Show that it is a uh, it is an Elias is Grover room here. Uh, Shawnee, you didn't know the answer for this one, so we'll send it to Justin. Justin, which uh, figure told TMZ Sports that they would love to have Ronda Rousey return to the WWE this week? Would that be Triple H? That is correct. On the board with one point is uh, Mr. Justin Valentine. Triple H saying that, uh, hey, we would uh, welcome the doors open for a Ronda Rousey return. Let's go around the room here. Would you like to see a Ronda Rousey return and why or why not? Let's start with you, Justin. I think a lot of people initially would probably say no because of the recent happenings with her. I wouldn't mind it as long as they keep her off the mic. She needs to be a character that kind of keeps her mouth shut, comes into the ring, takes care of business, and just be that intimidating figure that way. And I think they can pull that off with what's happened. And especially with Becky Lynch going home, it's probably needed. I fully expect to see Becky and Ronda as an attraction match maybe as early as WrestleMania next year, maybe the the following year. But that's that's how I see her returning. I don't expect her to come back as a full-time wrestler. As Justin said, she she never really got great at the mic. And I don't know that she's going to ever really want to commit to the schedule that would get her there. But I could absolutely see her coming back as an attraction. And she probably should have been that in the first place. I'm going to go one step further and say that she also sucked in the ring too. Like she had that one match with Stephanie and triple H, which I thought was one of the best debuts that I had seen in recent memory. And then it was all downhill from there. It was, uh, you know, if, if you didn't have matches full of botches, you had uh, her opening her stupid mouth. And the last thing that I want to see is someone who's that bigoted get that big of a payday. So no, I don't. I don't particularly want to see her back. What do you feel about uh, Ronda Rousey, Erica? Uh, I think I joined the consensus in the room, and uh, we don't need her. She doesn't go here uh, to kind of quote Bianca Belair. Frankly, I always found her very distracting because she could never find a good pair of shorts to wear. Ah! Uh, she was constantly picking her shorts out of her, her vagina constantly. <laughs> and I could not take her seriously when she did that. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who noticed that. And that was like the most like the thing that I paid attention to the most for some reason. And it drove me crazy. Well, it look. All you have to, you, you just find a pair of shorts with a large enough crotch, okay? You, they have costume designers. Make her a pair. It's yeah. not that difficult. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she wasn't great on the mic. She had an outstanding debut, like Nate said. It just, you know, she's a name and nothing more. And so you, sometimes you need to be more than just a name. You would think somebody that spent as long as she did in a combat sport would uh, would at that point have figured out some shorts that, uh, you know, didn't ride up. All right, let's move the game forward. Justin on the point with, or on the board with one point. So you control the round. The second question in around the ring, this might be a stumper, which longtime cast member of being the elite made his return to the YouTube series this week. Oh my God. Um, yes, I did write this question. And uh, why haven't you all started watching Being the Elite? You know I'm going to pick something from it. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to say Erica Banis. Oh, that would be fantastic. I would love to see Erica on Being the Elite. Unfortunately, not the correct answer. We'll uh, move this round back to Mr. Nate Bender. Nate, which longtime cast member being the elite made his return this week in the YouTube series? Now, I could be wrong, and I'm prepared to be wrong, but I think I remember hearing that it was my boy, Marty Skrull. That's the correct answer. Marty yeah. Skrull for two points being on this week's Being the Elite. Skrull is the head booker over at Ring of Honor and has said that ROH and AEW would be willing to work together at some point. If there's a crossover, what matchups do you think you guys would like to see? I have a question first, though. Is Jay Lethal still with Ring of Honor? Yes, he is. Okay, then I would absolutely love to see anything that includes Jay Lethal and Marty Skrull. Those are my two favorite dudes from Ring of Honor, so that's what I want to see. 
I mean, who they fight doesn't really matter to me. I, I love the fact that they're just open to work together, which is, I think, what more of the kind of like indie promotions need to do is kind of band together. This is really smart. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Ring of Honor and AEW doing anything together uh, would definitely help them. AEW obviously already is on fire. But add in the fact, like you mentioned, Jay Lethal is all I've always been a fan of Jay Lethal. Um, I'm surprised he never, you know, really got bigger than what he is. And I think that he would be anything in AEW because there's a lot of young guys that can make him look good as he did 10 years ago, plus 10 plus years ago in Impact. So I love Jay Lethal. Yeah, he's one of those guys that has always been good and continues to be good. I saw today on Twitter, as a matter of fact, that somebody had asked Cody Rhodes if his open challenge for the new TNT title includes people outside of AEW, and he simply stated yes. So I'm expecting to see Marty Skrull uh, face Cody Rhodes. I'm hoping to see Marty Skrull face Cody Rhodes, and uh, I think that would be a hell of a match. That's I fascinating. Agree. Hey, Ring of Honor's got still has some very fantastic talent. Dalton Castle would be really cool to see on uh, AEW. Um, Bully Ray still works for Ring of Honor, and I would love to see him uh, work some programs with some of the guys in AEW. Where are the Briscoes? I was just going to say that. The Briscoes. I would love for them to make an appearance just yes. considering how stacked the tag division is in AEW. I mean, if this means we can get any sort of matchups involving them, awesome 100 percent. yeah briscoes and uh briscoes and the bucks would be a fantastic uh matchup all right where are we uh points wise erica currently we have nate in the lead with two points justin with one and shawnee with zero but we still have a three-point question to ask in the around the ring category that is true. So let's uh, throw it to Nate for this three-point question. The WWE has quietly banned a controversial move this week. Which move was it? Ah, that was the move that injured Kyrie Sane and Sting. That's the buckle bomb. That is correct. The buckle bomb was very quietly uh, removed from the WWE uh, programming if you will. How do we all feel about this? As Nate was saying, uh, obviously the buckle bomb has been a little bit controversial in that it's the move that is believed the reason that uh, Sting no longer can wrestle. How does everybody feel about the buckle bomb? I think that this is good. I, I, I've i never really liked the buckle bomb, even though Seth Rollins may deliver that move the safest that I've ever seen it. Um, it was still a buckle bomb from Seth Rollins that did injure Sting. And so, you know, even if you can deliver that move as lightly and as safely as possible, and it can still end up with that outcome, um, you know, Kyrie Sane's really lucky that she didn't get more hurt than she did. Uh, I've seen a couple of different spots where, you know, a, a buckle bomb has happened in the on the second turn buckle, and that's even more dangerous. So I, I think that this is probably a good move. You know, I, there's no doubt the movie's dangerous, so it's probably a good idea to let it go. But my issue comes from who made this band, and it's Nia Jax. And my thing with her is she's the problem more than just the move. It's a well-known thing that she's injuring one superstar after another, and them just banning this move instead of punishing her somehow, uh, it, to me, it's just protecting her a little bit too much more than she deserves. Well said, Justin. I, uh, yeah, way to go, brother. It is, uh, it is interesting, uh, when, when most of this room is on the same page about something like this, but yeah, it, it sounds like we all believe Elias looks like Grover and that, uh, none of us are really big fans of Nia Jax. All right. So that leaves, uh, what do we got? Nate with five points and Justin with uh, one. That is correct, sir. All right, Justin, you've got control of the board, so we'll let you, or no, wait. Shawnee's not even on the board, so we'll let you decide what the uh, first question of the next round is, Shawnee. Oh, let's go with the smack draw. Sounds like a good one. Which popular NXT superstar is being officially moved to SmackDown, we found out this week? Bro. <laughs> it's Matt Riddle. It's my boy. Correct. Shawnee on the point with uh Shawnee on the board with one point. What are our thoughts on the move up or at least sideways for Matt Riddle to the SmackDown superstar? Are there any potential? matchups you might be looking forward to or any nervousness that they might take another popular NXT talent and kind of 
pull the rug out from under him. I don't have that concern. You know, one of my favorite experiences in professional wrestling was getting to see Matt Riddle and Keith Lee doing the tour with Evolve before they made it into NXT. Uh, both great guys, a real pleasure to meet, a real pleasure to watch up close and personal in the old bingo hall circuit. More than almost anybody else in professional wrestling, those are guys that I root for in life. And so uh, I'm excited to see him get the high profile. And regardless of whether or not he has to go through the main roster burial, I uh, am confident that Matt Riddle is going to shine and, and be a superstar that people are enjoying for years to come. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about WWE ruining this one because Matt Riddle has so much personality in the ring and outside the ring that it's going to be really tough to ruin him. I just had trouble going back and forth deciding if I wanted him on SmackDown or Raw. SmackDown has the better storylines, but Raw desperately needs a little extra flair like Matt Riddle. So I, I went back and forth on that, but I don't think they can ruin this. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I like Matt Riddle a lot. I like his uh, in-ring work a lot. That uh, interesting cage match, I think they called it a pit match, his last one on on NXT with uh, Timothy Thatcher, was actually a really, really good match. I hope that he doesn't have to go through main roster burial. But listen, anyone who is like, I will fucking take on Brock, I don't give a shit, is a winner in my book smash him over i can't wait to actually see him on smackdown but justin i'm with you i think he probably would have been better served on raw all right well let's move forward with our second question shawnee you have control of the board the finals of the intercontinental championship tournament have been set after a very very tumultuous smackdown this week who are our final competitors two weeks from now for the ic champion oh my so let's see uh jeff hardy Got arrested, but then came back. He interrupted the match between Sheamus and Daniel Bryan. Uh, AJ Styles is there. Are there four people left or only two? Only two. Uh, Elias was supposed to fight AJ Styles, and he was carted off on a stretcher. And then Daniel Bryan was supposed to fight uh, Jeff Hardy, I believe. And Jeff, as you said, was uh, taken away at the beginning of the show by the police. And uh, Daniel ended up fighting Sheamus in that spot. So uh, who do we got in the finals? Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, eh? <laughs> Is that how that <laughs> works out as I'm hearing you tell me the answer? Yeah, I, I was going to say that like, out uh, with you guys. Like, what is this? You know, I'm, I'm, just trying <laughs> Thank to, you. I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to pull teeth or anything. I'm just you know, trying to make it fair. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You broke down the whole show for him, like scene by scene. <laughs> I know you're calling shenanigans, but you know what? I've got Erica on the outside as my other ref, and uh, she's she's not giving me any side looks, so I'm saying that this this is fine. Yeah, we've got uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. What a SmackDown we had this week. I'm really curious to get your guys' uh, opinions on it because so many things. I, I have to say, I feel like in the last couple of weeks, SmackDown has become the SmackDown I fell in love with a couple of years ago when Road Dog Jesse James was the guy who was kind of in charge of it. What do you, do you guys think about SmackDown this week? It's a lot of fun. I think that they're finally doing what NXT was doing uh, when they were stuck working strictly out of that performance center. And they're, they're coming up with ways to work outside of that small room. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was, it was a little edgy. But I think that, you know, professional wrestling is going to be a little edgy. And frankly, if Vince McMahon can hold things to a little edgy, that's probably for the best. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I think AJ Styles is uh, got this title in his sights. He's never had it before. Uh, it is long considered the the worker's title, the best wrestler in the game's title. It stands to reason that AJ Styles would hold that thing at least once. Although for sure, Daniel Bryan is also a very worthy intercontinental champion. I mean, I think wrestling is at its best when it's a little edgy. And I think SmackDown, you know, with the situation they're in, they're doing a great job getting creative with storylines. I didn't have a problem with the whole Jeff Hardy angle this week. I had a problem with the timing of it because I loved this bracket for the IC title tournament. I think they should have let this play out. These were going to be great matches. It was supposed to be what Jeff Hardy and Daniel Bryan, I believe that was going to be a great match. They should have let this tournament play out with fantastic matches. Hold this angle for after the tournament. 
yeah, Justin, I'm with you. I would have loved to see the bracket actually play out uh, untainted. Um, you know, I, I think that, yeah, that you had you had some of the best wrestlers in the world in a bracket and you didn't let it play out to its fullest extent. I mean, whatever they're doing with Jeff Hardy, they can do that at any time. And I'm not I'm not going to debate the the taste level of it. I, I think it's probably fine. Uh, you know, Jeff's not going to do something that he is that uncomfortable with. And if he's comfortable with it, let's you know, let's rock with it. Um, but I, I really would have liked to see the actual tournament bracket play out uh, uninterrupted. I did enjoy seeing Matt Hardy tweet out, boy, I sure am glad to be working Wednesdays on AEW as he was watching Jeff get arrested at the opening of SmackDown. And that was just a shot that wasn't needed because, again, I think it's good to get creative and fun and edgy with the story, especially when there's no official live crowd and the situation is what it is. I didn't have a problem with it. Hopefully we're far enough removed that we won't have uh Jerry Lawler pouring alcohol on Jake Roberts kind of situation too. Yeah, this is this is, you know, uh LOD 2000 all over again. I mean, it's it's blurring the lines of reality and fiction and it's something that wrestling has always done and something that I I think if you have a real real problem with it that maybe wrestling is not the form of entertainment you should be consuming. All right. Well, let's uh, throw the third and final question in our smacked raw category to Mr. Shawnee constant this week. We got to see Mandy Rose and Otis recreate an iconic eighties teen film on SmackDown. What was the title of that film? Ooh, new. Um, well, I saw they were around a pool. Was that uh fast times at that, Good, rich, good month, high school, fast times at the high school. <laughs> fast times at the high school, Erica. Uh, is that an acceptable answer? I'm going to have to put my foot down and say no, especially since we kind of let him slide after you kind of gave him the second question. All right. All right. No, that's fair. Uh, we'll move the round over to Justin. Justin, do you know what 80s, uh, what 80s film they were recreating between Otis and Mandy this week on SmackDown? Uh, I don't have the actual film, so I'm just going to throw out Beauty and the Beast since that's the uh, idea of this whole entire storyline. Beauty and the Beast is not the correct answer, but it is a pretty intel uh, a pretty entertaining answer. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Justin a point for that one. I like that answer a lot. Uh, Nate, it's up to you. Which '80s teen film were they recreating with Otis and Mandy at the pool this week on SmackDown? It would be Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That is correct. Fast times at Ridgemont High. Um, obviously, uh, the the Otis and Mandy storyline is is more of a humor storyline than anything else. Where do we think this story is going, Nate? I'll let you start. I don't. I genuinely don't know. This is. It's one of the things that I I really wanted to hate watching it. I I wanted to hate it so much, but. It was, it actually made me laugh. Like it, it made me laugh out loud. Um, I, I genuinely don't know because I don't know. Like, I think coming out of it, you sort of got to make Otis the hero. I don't know how you do that and not, you know, just shit all over Mandy Rose. Um, but someone's got to come out of this looking a little bit heelish. And I'll be honest, I don't want either one of them to really like heel turn on the other. I think that would suck. Um, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I really genuinely don't know. See, I think that's the beauty of it. I don't think anyone knows because I think a lot of people hated it at the beginning because they thought it was the same old predictable storyline. Mandy Rose was going to screw Otis over, but now they've lasted a hell of a lot longer than anyone thought. And now the dude has a shot at the world title with the money in the bank. I don't know how that's going to roll because I don't think he's world championship ready yet. So I, I think he's going to lose that briefcase somehow, but I think they're going to surprise us. And this is actually going to be a legit couple for a while. Yeah. No idea where they're going, man. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. I like Otis a lot, both as a character and as a, uh, a human being in his, his, his interviews where he's discussing his road to getting into the WWE. Um, yeah, I don't think either of these two deserves to get trashed. So if they do go heel, hopefully it's at an elevated role as a result of the time that they put on it with this program. 
I'm surprised that no one thinks that uh, Otis is going to sacrifice his money in the bank to give Mandy a title shot. That would be really interesting. Although the big the the name that goes unmentioned in this whole thing is Tucker Knight. What's what does Tucker think of this whole thing? And could he be somewhere in the background starting to resent Mandy Rose? So maybe that's another maybe that's another way to look at it. Like that's that's the rub is Otis and and Tucky's relationship. That's why I don't want to think because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Don't break up any more tag teams. We already struggle when it comes to that damn division. Why are you going to break up another one? So I agree with you. That's the last thing I want to see happen. All right, Erica, give me a counting of the points. All right, in the lead, we have Nate with eight points, followed by Shawnee with three, and Justin with Dose. All right, sounds good. So uh, with that being said, we move on to our third and final uh, final round this week about the Wednesday Night War. All right, Justin, you get to start off the Wednesday Night War. Who made their debut on AEW this week? FTR. Correct. The uh, the FTR finally in AEW. Who are you excited to see them against besides the Young Bucks? Man, oh man, that's a good one because I've, the obvious answer is the Young Bucks. Man, I don't I don't know because these guys. I struggle with these guys. First of all, I think they should have tried to wait out to get their debut in front of a live crowd. I don't know anyone outside of the Young Bucks at least that comes to mind just because. That roster is so quick and everything. And after watching the revival in a slower WWE roster, I got to see if they, you know, didn't, you know, get slowed down a bit by that WWE roster. Yeah, I'm super excited to have FTR in AEW. I think that they could have some pretty stellar matches with teams like, you know, the Best Friends and uh, Butcher and Blade. I can't wait to see what they do. What I'm hoping that they do is you know they and they sort of tease this i think a little bit in their debut but i hope that they are planning to run roughshod over every team the whole division screw over everyone be ultimate heels but be out for themselves only i think that would make it really interesting because a lot of the the other tag teams have been a little bit co-opted into different stables so if you had one that the other teams sort of revolved around, I think that that makes a lot of storytelling sense. And so, you know, they're not allied with anyone. They're against everyone. And that's how you like smash over a team like that. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone I wouldn't want to see them with. I think that you could really get a great program out of the best friends who have been relegated to more of a comedy role. I mean, that's their approach. It's not as though they've been demoted to that. But I think that dynamic would be really good where you have uh, you know, watching FTR try to face the best friends while Orange Cassidy is doing Orange Cassidy things outside of the ring and just eating at their cross seems like a lot of fun to me. I think SCU has it in them to put on great matches, and I think that we could see maybe uh, a program for the from the uh, ages that SCU could put on. Um, hell, I would like to see Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope uh, ICP come out of wrestling retirement <laughs> to face. FTR, quite frankly. Is it uh, possible to deduct points? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, I was going to say, Erica, is there anybody we didn't mention that you wanted to out of the AEW tag team roster? Um, I mean, we pretty much covered everyone, and I, I do want to second Shawnee with, uh, I'd love to see them against best friends just because I, I'd love to see, like, they wouldn't know what to do with Orange Cassidy, just considering they're just such old school guys. But I mean, look, we've all been looking forward to FTR versus Young Bucks for years. It's always been a dream match. They're not going to probably give it to us right away, and that's fine. Um, I can definitely wait. But I think in the interim, it'd be interesting to see what they do against uh, Le Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and uh, Sammy Guevara. Private party. I think that could private party. I mean, I mean, yeah, pretty much at any tag team that they have in the division. Yeah. If you want to see and enjoy quality tag team wrestling, you tune in on Wednesday nights at TNT. That's just, and, and they've, they've solidified that um, after this week. All right. Well, our next question going to Justin. 
That is correct. So in our next question worth two points stays over on TNT at AEW. So uh, the TNT championship will be defended. We found out this week on AE Dynamite every single week after a battle royal. Who's going to be the first one to challenge Cody for that title? Uh, I remember that battle royal. Uh, Jungle Boy? Correct. Two points for Justin. Jungle Boy going to be the first one against uh, Cody for the TNT championship. None of us were big fans of how the TNT championship looked when it was brought out last week, but it is interesting that it's going to be defended on a weekly basis, similar to the open challenge John Cena did with the U.S. title. How are we all feeling about a uh, weekly defense of the TNT championship? I think it's predictable but needed. I think you need to make that title legitimate. You know, a lot of people didn't like the fact that Cody Rhodes won it. We, you know, voiced our displeasures on that last week. Uh, I think this kind of helps him as champion, willing to put that title on the line every week. And of course, it leaves open more debuts, returns, surprises, and open challenges are always fun for that reason. That's how Kevin Owens made his debut in WWE. So, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be a fun program that that Cody will work. I, I hope it lasts for at least two months. But it's it's an ultimate babyface move. And I think that that's also what Dynamite needs from a programming standpoint. I think we've had a total in Dynamite's run of four title defenses between the actual championship and the tag team championship on Dynamite itself. So having a regular program where you uh, we don't know what's going to happen, who's going to you know, who's going to win the belt tonight. That's going to be interesting for for a little bit. So I'm excited to see it. Does MJF have to uh, defend that ring he won, or does that not count as a title? It does not count as a title, although he's not lost. So I suppose I wouldn't, I wouldn't know really. It's just a weapon. It's like the brass knuckles and the power of the punch. Yeah, that's how he uses it for sure. How do you feel about the open challenge, challenge, Shawnee? Oh, I love it. I think that when John Cena was doing it, it was a blast. When uh, Sweet Darling Baby KO was doing it, it was great. Like these guys have said, it it provides you with a sense of anticipation every week. You never know who's going to come out of that uh, back room to face for the title. And um, Cody Rhodes is a guy who technically in the ring has proven that he can work with the best of them. So it'll be fun to see him work perhaps with people who we don't think of as the best and uh, see if he elevates their game. If he's someone like an AJ Styles or a Seth Rollins who can a, uh, a Kenny Omega who can essentially wrestle a, a mop and put it over. I think that it's going to be a lot of fun to see, and uh, hopefully it culminates in the villain making an AEW appearance of some sort. It's interesting that you bring up both AJ Styles and uh, Kevin Owens because uh, AJ Styles, one of those people over in uh, WWE that we feel like can wrestle almost anybody, but they had a program a couple summers ago where they wrestled each other and it did not turn out well. So it leads me to think that this is also going to be interesting in that if you have a bad match with Cody, is that actually on Cody? Great question. That's something that we'll learn as, as this develops. Absolutely. No, you're you're hundred percent right on that one. All right, one more question in our Wednesday night war. And Justin, you've got the first two, so let's see if you can take the entire round. Which NXT superstars contract is set to expire this summer and reportedly has not re-signed with the company yet? Uh, Adam Cole. Wow. All right. There you go. Three points for Justin. Yeah. Cole is uh, going to put the NXT championship on the line against Velveteen Dream at TakeOver In Your House in a week or two. Uh, do you see Cole dropping that title? And what do you think are the odds that he could leave and possibly join the other Wednesday night show, AEW? I think he drops the title, especially with it being a well-known fact with his contract. Um, I don't see the move to AEW happening. I don't think WWE can make can let this happen. Uh, too many guys have jumped ship. Too many guys are rumored to jump ship. Adam Cole's a name that you just don't want to see go from one Wednesday night show to the other. If he's moving off of NXT, the move needs to go to the main roster if you're WWE. See, this one I'm definitely going to disagree with you on. I think that the worst thing that could happen to Adam Cole is to get the call up to the main roster, especially if the entire Undisputed Era doesn't get the call up together. That gimmick works. You got to keep those four guys together or... You know, Adam, had his his girlfriend is Britt Baker, works over at AEW. He goes to a lot of their social events. He was actually even pictured at the uh, the uh, the the barbecue that happened after uh, Double or Nothing. So 
the possibility in a business sense that it could happen is definitely there. So, you know, I think the question is whether or not WWE throws enough money at him and throws creative decisions that are, you know, good for his career at him. He might, there's a possibility he might stick around. But if the revival was any indication, I don't, you can't guarantee that that's going to be coming from WWE creative. The money for sure, but not the creative. Adam Cole is one of the most compelling names in professional wrestling right now for this very reason. And I wonder if they already have uh, signed a deal and they're going to drag it out with the uh, kayfabe story that he could be on the free market uh, to then give themselves essentially a win when they announce that they've re-signed him because losing him would be an absolute disaster. But I understand what my fellow panelists here are saying. You know, Adam Cole is a man who is small in stature. And Vince McMahon doesn't uh, seem to hold interest in guys of that nature. And to me, you have to bring up the entire group and you have to make you know, have the spotlight shining on them. We always want that with these up-and-comers as WWE fans and almost never get it. I think this is a time when it absolutely would have to happen that way. To bring up just Cole or to bring up the entire group and bury them like they did with... Uh, Sanity. Yeah, any number of things. Sanity is who I was trying to think of. Thank you very much. There you go. Would, would, just, would just be a crime against wrestling, frankly. I just want to draw a, a parallel because it went so bad. And, Shawnee, you made a great point that Adam calls Adam Cole's a bit of a smaller guy. We don't need to get a repeat of Finn Balor. Finn Balor was mismanaged from the moment he left NXT to the main roster. And yes, he was obviously sidelined by a bad injury early on. But even when he was, you know, when, when they were trying to make the Balor club and everything like that, it never worked. And we just don't need a repeat of that with Adam Cole. And my fear is because he's so small, he's going to get the Finn Balor treatment when he gets his call up to the main roster. Let me throw in there too. I don't think he needs to come off of NXT at all right now. I'm just saying if he's done with NXT, the move for WWE's sake cannot be to AEW. Fair point. I clearly remember uh, seeing Adam Cole in Ring of Honor before he made the jump to NXT. And at the time, I believe Adam Page was either working in New Japan or he was also working in Ring of Honor. And I remember thinking that uh, Adam Page was the Adam and the uh, Bullet Club I was less interested in because <laughs> I really enjoyed Adam Cole's stuff. Nowadays, I love that cowboy shit. Oh, That's yeah. some fun stuff. Erica, do you have a uh, opinion on Adam Cole? Uh <laughs> Of course I do. <laughs> Silly question. He could go anywhere and be compelling. It doesn't matter where Adam Cole is, as long as it's actually, as long as it's frankly not the main roster. I do not have enough confidence in what we've seen in the past that he will be treated correctly, that he will be booked correctly. And if we can't keep the Undisputed Era together in a move up, just tear it down now. Let's just like appreciate what we have and then people can go their separate ways. Uh, like, as you mentioned, okay, so Adam Cole was a member of Bullet Club. So, I mean, it's not just that his girlfriend is over at AEW. Like, he's friends with the Young Bucks. He's friends with Kenny Omega. Like, he knows a lot of those guys. And uh, trust me, I mean, he'd get plenty of opportunity to shine. And, you know, his, the, his size... Well, they won't give a shit because they also have somebody like Darby Allen who is rail thin and will just throw himself off a building. He just don't care. So, I mean, would I love to see him in AEW? Absolutely. I was just going to say, I would kill for a match between Adam Cole and Darby Allen. That that would be so It'd be unbelievable. Good. And I mean, if he's going to stay under the WWE umbrella, I'd much prefer him to just stay at NXT because at least there he'll be used properly. All right, Erica, what are our points looking like as we go into our final, final question? We got a very interesting situation going on in the points department. We have tied for first both Nate and Justin with eight points. And Shawnee currently has three. But with ten points now uh, being the final fall uh, question, uh, it's really anyone's game. Very close game this week, and I like to see a close game. All right, to reiterate, our final fall this week, and hopefully going forward, is worth 10 points. I will ask you guys a question, and I want you all to private message me 
over Discord, which is the program we're using, what you think the answer is. That way I can read the questions. Uh, a correct answer will net you 10 points. An entertaining answer could net you a point or two. And uh, at the end of this, we'll see who's got the most points and who is this week's One Fall Show champion. Contestants, are you ready? Ready, yes. All right, so this week, going back to Friday Night SmackDown, we saw a very large man in a purple suit who is apparently the voice of the authority. Are any of you familiar with what the name of this particular uh, voice of the authority are? Go ahead and put that name in the private messages. Send it to me over Discord. I'll give you guys about a minute. And uh, no cheating, no looking it up. And uh, then I'll read the answers, and we'll see who is this week's One Fall Champion. While they're doing that, uh, Erica, a little, little sidebar discussion between me and you. What do you think about the plexiglass shields this week we got to see on Raw and SmackDown? I mean, I know there's going to be people who say like, oh, you know, they're, you know, they're putting wrestlers in the crowd, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, AEW did that already. It's But like at this point, like everyone kind of copies off of everyone. Uh, after all, we're now going to get a uh, the open challenge for the TNT belt. I think, it, you know, it's about time they put uh, wrestlers into in the crowd because they need the noise, the little bit of ambiance that that they they brought um, was it was night and day, complete difference. And it was very funny uh, last weekend going into Raw and SmackDown to see that they said they were going to use NXT talent that weren't currently big names on NXT, but within five minutes of Raw, I was like, well, there's Shotzi Blackheart. <laughs> All right, I've got answers from everybody. So once again, our question, our final question this week is, who was the purple-suited guy, the giant, on SmackDown this week, who's apparently the voice of the authority, making matches and uh, calming people down? We'll start with Justin. Justin said that that purple-suited man was our truth Justin, I don't think you even saw SmackDown if you're guessing our truth However, that is very entertaining. I would love it if it would have been our truth I want to I, I want to give Justin a point for that one. Moving on to Shawnee, uh, his answer was the purple-suited fellow's name was Grimace. Also a very entertaining answer, if not correct. So, Shawnee, you can have a point for that. It was not Grimace, but that is pretty great. And finally, we've got Mr. Nate Bender saying, that's the purple man! Duh! Uh, Duh! <laughs> none of you getting this particular one, but all of you giving me very entertaining answers, and I want to reward you for that so everybody gets at least one point for uh, for this particular one. I'm sure one. you're going to want to do that. that. Leaves us that Oh, no, that means we still yeah. have a tie. That a tie. So luckily, luckily, I have additional questions this week that I can ask you. So I'm going to. Uh, go oh, my God. <laughs> well, we can't. You, you, do you guys want to be co-champions for a week? Uh, not oh, with God. Him. With Justin? Not with no. him. I don't. Nope. <laughs> of course not. All right. So here's what here's something that I'm pretty sure neither one of you know about. And if you do, well, then you've earned this week's one fall show championship uh, on Impact Wrestling this week. A recently released NXT superstar showed up in a vignette. Who was it? The sad thing is, is I feel like I saw something on social media about this and I didn't think anything of it because <laughs> I didn't think we were talking about it. Damn it. Uh Go ahead and PM me. I, your I don't have. I don't have any idea. No, <laughs> Go ahead and PM none. me whatever you've got, Shawnee. Unfortunately, you're coming in third this week, but you had a much stronger showing than last week. So I'm going to let you do your uh, your final thoughts in the in while these guys are PMing me their answers to see who's the champ this week. Well, it was a slightly less disappointing week today, but unfortunately, I still am in third place, which does not make me happy. So while these two bozos try to Remember the name Deanna Perrazzo. I'm going to go ahead, <laughs> set down my trunks, get a shower, and get back to work. Chuck, you know damn well. Chuck, you know you got that message before he said it. You know you got that message before he said it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is a greatly entertaining uh, show. Yeah, Justin uh, PMing me, Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, what was your guess, Nate? I, I genuinely couldn't come up. I was going to say Timothy Thatcher appeared there and in NXT at the exact same time, but it was taking too long to write out, apparently. Nate, I thank you for your candor and your honesty. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yes, for Shenanigans. Sure. I call shenanigans. Justin, you are this week's One Fall Show champion. Congratulations. Damn right I am. <laughs> Justin, uh, you can either talk some trash or uh, cover anything we haven't covered this week in wrestling. Go ahead. You got 60 seconds. 
I'm just going to say this because I know Nate's thinking it. Shout out to Shawnee for helping me out with that, even though he didn't. But I'll just give him the credit <laughs> anyway. Look, I, I thought the fans this week in WWE, you know, the you know makeshift crowd was good. I like the plexiglass because of the idea of spots in the future that they can use that glass for. That's where my head went. I did not like that they called people from the crowd to break up a fight between McIntyre and Lashley. If they're the crowd, treat them like an actual crowd. You're not going to call random fans at a normal show to break up a fight. So treat them like a normal crowd. Don't have them jumping into the ring for matches or breaking up fights or anything like that. Nate, you get the last word of last words this week on the One Fall Show. Well, I smell collusion. That's what I smell. There is a thick air of collusion in the air and uh next week i will get my revenge on justin and the booking department all right that's fair erica do you have anything uh you wanted to uh let people know about before we take it home well i smell two things one a cake i made earlier today Delicious. and two the fact the fact that nate just doesn't follow impact wrestling on twitter had he have done that he would have gotten the answer correct so no, that other smell is weed. I'm smoking weed right now. That is fantastic. I just always assume, like, like, <laughs> like, 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 you don't have to say that anymore, Nate. It, like, it's just a given. Yeah, if you're at home and you know nobody's, uh, you, you don't got nothing else going on, then it, it can only help, right? That that's normalcy every week on this show. What do you mean? That's right. All right, let me throw it around the room as we uh, get ready to take off here. Shawnee, where can people find you online? Oh, they can find me over at the One Fall Show Facebook group under my government name. And uh, you find me on Instagram at shawnee.constant. I've also been running the, uh, the, on, uh, the, the One Fall Show Twitter uh, account where I've been chatting with Justin from time to time and following Erica's and, uh, and Nate's feed. Excellent. Justin, where can people find you online? Uh, all over social media, JV underscore sports underscore talk or JV sports talk.com. And Nate at Nate Benderama. And you can find me on cloud nine. <laughs> Very nicely done. Erica, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me on face. No, geez. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thrown by the cloud nine comment because I'm like, oh, that was clever and dorky, but that's Nate. Do I get points? <laughs> Do I get point? No, the game is over. Sorry. Damn it. But you get points in my heart, which means nothing. But I still I still dig you. Anywho, uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. You can find me as well online at C-H-Z-U-C-K Chizuck Bean over on Twitter. You can, of course, find me with Shawnee Constant on the Talk Horror to Me podcast. You can find me with uh, Al Beck and James in the Nerd Radio podcast and of course I encourage you always when you download the episode make sure to leave us a rate and review and head on over to the One Fall Show Facebook group and let us know what you think of the episode and uh, you know if you think there is collusion going on thank you guys for uh, entertaining us for another hour of the One Fall Show and thank you at home for downloading us we'll talk to you next week hey man you're you're big Are you are you just gonna go full um oh Ruxin from the league every time, Nate? Just oh absolute <laughs> thank you. Somebody got that fucking reference. I'm so happy. I'm just trying to remember how I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna get Deanna Prazo's name out of my head. That was the first piece of trivia that I uh saw this week, and I worked fucking hard to make sure that it did not leave my brain so that when the question came up, I'd be able to answer it. That's why I threw it out there during my final speech. I was outraged that it was the bonus question that I was not included in. You're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> you were, I, I knew. It's funny because that's what I was just talking to Amy about that earlier with the, the week that we had her on and like nobody knew CrossFit Jesus. And she was like, how do they not know? That's uh, that's probably the strength of this format of show is getting people at home listening to, to have that reaction, that knee jerk reaction. Yeah. I had actually seen an article about Adam Pierce, but I didn't want to ruin the the joke. Sure. So I thought it was funnier if none of us knew. Yeah, it's, it's occurring to me now that I didn't even say what the correct answer was. <laughs> uh, well, oops. That's These things hilarious. Happen. 
kind of sad nobody caught my Jessica Jones reference. No, no, sorry. I, you know what? I'm catching it now, and the I feel purple like man. No, okay, all right. There was a there was a joke Shawnee made last week. I didn't catch initially. Uh, we were talking about the steel cage or the the hell in a cell, and he said something about a smaller hell in a cell roof and it didn't catch him immediately but then i'm listening back to the episode i was like oh he's talking about money in the bank that's funny so do you think that timothy thatcher's shitty two front teeth actually got knocked out there or was that a was that a work it was a work yeah he's he's got two legitimately shitty front teeth that he really needs to go see a dentist about and i was like you know if they were going to decide uh, I need to get these out of my head anyway. Like that's a really fun way to do it. Hey, I need that's to a good way to teeth. Can you hard weigh me right in the mouth? Yeah. I'm really upset. I forgot to bring up the whole Mike Tyson thing at the end of AEW. Oh God. And, and I'm writing this. Yes. Like why, first of all, why are we just redoing what they did with stone cold? How 20 plus years ago? Thank you. Secondly, get Mike Tyson off TV, please. <laughs> How unless he's gonna unless he's gonna be yawning at matches, that was awesome. How amazing like, is it gonna be if they actually teach Mike Tyson like a couple of wrestling moves and him and Jericho have, you know, like a decent wrestling match? The I mean, I look, I don't understand why they brought Tyson back, but I will say Tyson's sort of like involvement with AEW, or at least like being with them does date back to the first double or nothing where he was just like, guess there as a spectator. And if you, if you go back and watch the like behind the scenes BTE episode of double or nothing, you'll see him backstage watching um, Michael Nakazawa do his baby oil bit. And like Mike Tyson is laughing his tits off. Like he thought it was the <laughs> best goddamn thing he had ever seen. So I would prefer him not to be on the air, but like it's not, it wasn't totally out of the blue. Like he's been, buddy buddy with tony khan and and those guys for a while and this gives them all kinds of play yeah, on the I, espn and uh you know shoot sports blogs yeah but as someone who grew up watching his fights i mean the the legitimacy of him as a uh, you know a stone cold murderer with a combination that he can snap off in no time still is imposing at the age of 53 but uh, I think a lot like Ronda Rousey, unfortunately, it takes more than that for professional wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I believe you said Shawnee was the in the in the at the bottom with two points. So we'll let Shawnee start this particular. Uh, nope, that is Mr. Justin Valentine who I'm is sorry. bringing it I'm up. Sorry. I ask I ask you for an answer, and and you gave me an answer, and I wasn't listening because I was busy scrolling through my questions. Yeah, my thanks bad. a lot, Chief. My bad. 